All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the One More Podcast. It is the most glorious, fantastic, fabulous, in the words of Bill Walton, splendiferous podcast that you want when you want one more podcast. We got a lot going on this week. We took off last week because we needed to rest, rehab, reheal, and get ready for so much action that's taking place right now from World Series to college, football, NFL, NBA, you name it. We got everything going on. All right, so who are we dealing with tonight? Well, we got his... His own self, Carl Jig Jack Johnson. He is the race and sports book director there at the Beau Rivage and MGM property in Biloxi, Mississippi. Then up there in Ocean City, New Jersey, he is a raconteur. He is a businessman, but he has turned his business analyst acumen into the world of sports and sports <laughs> betting. At least we think that's what he's doing. Otherwise, he's just grilling out uh, with Lombardi, and you know that's what it is. Me. I'm Julie, the cruise director. I'm just trying to keep this thing on the tracks. I'm Ryan Hyatt. You can hear me on radio every day, 1101, Talk 103.9 FM, News Money, Sports, and Lubbock, ESPN 960, San Angelo. Get the apps, do what you're going to do. Boys, happy uh, happy midweek. This week is flying. Yes, sir. This year is flying. This, this year is flying, Carl. You took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I, you know, people tend to say this all the time every year, right? Like, oh, I can't believe it's November, but it just feels like this sports season, football specifically, yeah, it's just flying by, and it's the best time of the year. So we gotta we gotta remember to pause and enjoy it. I, Everybody's got your Christmas decorations up this week, right? I mean, Halloween's over; it's Christmas decoration getting, time, right? Yeah, no, this my fat ass is gonna be on that ladder this weekend, Ryan. I mean, I'm getting <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Christmas lake guy, so yeah, just uh, you know, hide the small children. There's gonna be a fat guy on a ladder out in his front yard. <laughs> You got to take pictures of that, Bill. Oh, no, man. No, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Every time he does, it ends up on Lombardi's show on VSIN on Saturday or Sunday. And it's like, hey, look at this. You know, what's this is what I got to deal with in my neighborhood? You know, I thought it was a gated community instead. Yeah. Chris Farley had fat guy in a little jacket, and uh, and I've got Lombardi's got fat guy on a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what we love to do around here, we, uh, we, we break down not just games but also the ideas of why you might get behind a game, betting theory. There's so much more to just handing out a pick. Uh, we can teach a, a guy to get a pick, or we can teach a guy how to fish. We try to teach a guy how to fish every week on this. And when you go fishing by yourself in the dark, you end up betting on Texas Tech against Baylor. That's at least <laughs> what I heard. So, hey, Carl, let's start it off with you. Uh, not to the Sharp Report yet, but just maybe a couple of games that you've been focusing on, that you're seeing something out there that you kind of like. What do we got this week? Wow, I mean, so first off, uh, they, they're just, I'm telling everybody right now, they're just going to have to beat me with this one, but I am going to be on Tennessee. Uh, you know, Tennessee catching, uh, I think they opened it up opened up catching nine. I think that's now down to eight, uh, but very interesting game. I'm, 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 I can't wait to hear what you guys think about the game and, and that number. To me, that number seems like it's uh, – it's it's big, uh, and then uh, I mean, how can you pass up? You got LSU, Alabama. Uh, I mean, what a what a weekend! When then we got uh, not that we get into it a whole lot, but uh, we got Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday. I mean, this is a huge weekend. Uh, yeah, Carl, I'm not sure who has more horses right now, Tennessee's offense or what we're going to see at the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> Tennessee's got a bunch. They they run the same way. I'll tell you that the uh, the um, you know it's a, we, 
you know, we do the the Fool's Gold segment. I'm stealing some of our thunder there, Ryan. But I'm just, you know, when I thought about that topic this week, I, I'm with Carl. I, everything to me points to Tennessee in that game. I just wonder if if that's the Fool's Gold and we don't know it. Um, because it, it, they seem like they're begging you to take the Tennessee side this game, um, given just the absolute spread. What Carl, when that game came out, before that game came out, excuse me, what would you have thought that spread should have been or would have been? Uh, you know, I, I was thinking that – I put a number together. Um, I, I was thinking that that game would be around four. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like that. And, and, yep. and look, to, to be perfectly honest with you, Bill and Ryan, but you, you could put four on each team. Yep. You know, you, you could make Tennessee a four-point favorite there. You could make Georgia a four-point favorite there. And I think – I think you get the same type betting that you're getting right now, but uh, you know I don't know. I was I was flabbergasted when I seen nine, and I just you know fool's gold or not, I'm freaking biting. <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole point of the fool's gold, Ryan. You talk about it. I mean, we, we you came up with that topic a couple of weeks ago, but that it it's not like fool's gold has a you know that whole theme has a clear answer to it any week right it's just you're instinctively no. want to go to that number for the one side yeah. but sometimes that's the number you should have taken yeah. i think what's really interesting on this game is you've got tennessee which is obviously a national brand but it's kind of been out of the national limelight the last several years georgia has been there and i wonder when we price in a team like georgia are we pricing in this year's georgia team this year's georgia defense you know we 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 thought a couple of we weeks are. ago that Alabama, yeah, that, that we thought that Alabama defense. Well, it's Alabama. They're they ran rough. Uh, Tennessee just ran through the secondary. So, which which Georgia team are people looking at and betting on this week? And then we have the I, I use it all the time the recency bias of wow, this Tennessee team must be great. Look at what they've done. Yeah. This is a to me a great example of what do you believe? Your eyes. This year, the stats, anything, uh, and I agree with you, Carl. You could throw out almost any number on this game, and I go, "Yeah, sounds about right." <laughs> go play it. Really, if you, if you stop and think about it, so you know they threw out nine. Okay, well, why nine? I mean, does you know if they if they throw out Georgia minus six and a half? Okay, let's just say that they're going to make Georgia a big favorite. Six and a half is a big favorite in that game, so. It just almost looks like just what Bill was saying. It it almost looks like instead of no, we're not going to put that six and a half on there. Let's let's make it look even better and let's put nine up there. It's exactly the way I thought of it. It just suck. It wants to suck you in that eight nine. I mean, and I, and Ryan, you may, you bring up a great point. I I don't know what Georgia team they're factoring in, and I'm not sure Georgia knows who they are yet yeah. uh, because early in the season. That nine would have made total sense. Uh, even, you know, if you took that first couple of game, Georgia, then you had this middling Georgia. Yeah. And now are they staring at that eight, nine because of what they did to the Gators? But I, I don't know. I don't know who the Gators really are this year. So um, it's a weird number. It's a yeah. weird number. It wants, to, it wants you to take Tennessee. Um but I don't know which Georgia team's going to show up, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we started this year uh, – I've said it time and time again. I've heard others talk about it. Like, uh, that Alabama defense that w- was hyped coming into this year, 
hasn't even come close to living up to the hype. And by the way, you know, I'm a, I, you, we all know I'm rooting for Alabama this year, but, but uh, you can show me as many hurries as you want out of Will Anderson. Last time I checked, he's supposed to be destroying people. So thanks for the hurries, but um, <laughs> that shit counts in the NFL. It don't count in college. In college, if you're a dominant player, you get to the goddamn quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Another point I, I want to make about just asking a question, let's just say that Tennessee had not yet played Alabama. What I mean, so they're putting nine. They put nine on that game after Tennessee played, who I think is one of the top two teams in the country. I don't care what they say. You know, Alabama to me, Alabama, Tennessee, one and two, and you can put them one or two. I, it, it don't matter. But think about. I mean, think about that. They they put that nine up there after Tennessee squeaked out a victory against Alabama. What would that line be had they not yet played? And it seems like they're staring at the W in that game, which they look, they won the game, no doubt about it. Yeah. But boy, it took a lot to win that game, right? You got some squirrely officiating. Yeah. You had a couple call, you know, some calls going the wrong way. Alabama still had a shot to win that game. That game could have gone either way. And they were playing in an absolute just I mean, the fact that Alabama was in that game, and I'm not making excuses for Alabama, but the like I don't know if there's another team in the country that could have gone into that setting and yeah. played them at that level that that game was set up for Alabama to get their ass kicked <laughs> you had to work the, the week I think following that game and I I, I told I, I, I told them in my in my sports book I heard freaking Rocky Top all freaking <laughs> <laughs> I have I have broadcast hold on one two three four maybe five games uh basketball games uh there in Knoxville and Tennessee and it's funny you mentioned that because we got to talking on a radio show today. You will drive around for the next two weeks after you leave there hearing nothing but Rocky Top in yeah. your head. You can't get – I mean, OU's fight song only has two words, Boomer and Sooner. At least Rocky Top has lyrics, but you will go – that's all you will hear. For, it's almost psychological warfare. Yeah. It is. With what they do with that with that fight song. Uh, I want to. I want to. Let's let's go down to Baton Rouge uh, in your neck of the woods, Carl, uh, and uh, take a look. Uh, you know, call me Deacon Blue. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. You talk about going into tough places. I think this is. Is this a seven o'clock or a six o'clock start down there? Uh, this is going to be a six an, p.m. six p.m. start. How how much does that really matter down the the difference in playing at eleven or noon at LSU versus playing that night game? What's that? Is that do do bookmakers factor that in? Nah, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know if that's factored in. To be honest with you, I I do know this. I, I know you know I grew up my whole life. You know, when I was a kid, you know, my dad, my uncle had season tickets to LSU games. Uh, I mean, I went to every one of them from the time I was probably five years old to the time I was probably sixteen. You know, my, so basically my whole childhood. I went to those Tiger games. We used to go to Pit Grill afterwards and eat. You know, it was a it was a fun night. And I can tell you that those coon asses there down there in the Bayou, when they play those eleven o'clock, Bill's laughing, but it's the truth. When they play those eleven o'clock morning starts, they don't have enough time to drink. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, when they get to sit out there and 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 do their couchon delay and. And they're they're tailgating, and they get to drink all night. They are louder 
at the 7, 7.30 kickoffs much more than they are the 11, p, 11 a.m. kickoffs. So I, I think it plays a huge difference. Uh, you know, but uh, look, in this one, Alabama's no stranger. I mean, those those people down there in, in, in Baton Rouge, they can say all they want. You know, they're, they're, they know Saban's probably the best uh, coach in college football. They're going to they're gonna pretend like they don't like him because he left there and went to Miami. But it, in all fairness, they love him. And, uh, yep. you know, uh, I mean, look, that's a big number on the game. I, mean, I, I was going to say, I, I mean, you know, we're conflating topics here. So, again, apologies. Yeah, we're me. just all over. It's all Yeah, right. we're all over. But Throw uh, it on the wall. We're going to see just, what sticks just, tonight. I just want to know what the CFB think, the folks think about the fact that the number six team is basically 14 points better than the number 10 team, apparently, on on the number 10 team's turf. Right. I mean, it's I, I got to tell you, just in my gut, I don't sweat this game for Alabama at all. I, 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 I don't know whether the hell they cover or not. Maybe you get a backdoor situation. But if you force me to take a number here, I'd take Alabama on the two touchdowns. I think this could be a game that's kind of tight along the way, uh, until you get sort of mid third quarter and Alabama just pulls away, I could see that happening. Uh, you know, I see the same thing uh, what Tennessee did to LSU. I think it's going to be a yeah. yep. number of game. You know, it's going to be like what forty two fourteen something like that. Uh, I just don't see. And I, 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 LSU, you know, has not done anything really, in my opinion, to impress people this year. I don't know what you know. That's a whole other subject of what the hell they're doing at number ten, but. Um, uh, you know, you can wish teams into the mix, but that's a wish. That's a hope. That's not reality. That's not the number 10 team on the board. I, I agree. I think the – no, go ahead, Carl. Well, I was going to – you know, Bill had texted earlier, you know, hey, what do you think about LSU being number 10? And I said, man, they, that's way overrated in my opinion. And then I started looking at, the, you know, the little first poll that they come out with. Hey, you got, he got LSU at 10 and Tulane at 12. <laughs> you know, I mean, I hadn't seen a, a top 15, top 20 like that in a long time. I think the oh. one thing that maybe gets my attention about LSU this week, and it's a long shot. I'm not calling the upset. I'm just saying maybe they can keep it within the numbers. The last couple of weeks against Ole Miss and Florida, I was looking at their passing numbers and their yards per attempt, and they're going downfield more yeah. than they did for a little stretch. They're uh, 10-9 uh, against Florida. It's 8-9 last week against Ole Miss. Completion, 11.8, 15.2. That's where you got to attack Alabama, in my opinion, middle of the field deep, spread them by formation, and try to catch them in some one-on-one situations. So maybe, you know, and, and the completion percentage too. How about this? Last three games uh, for LSU, 71%, 71, 9, 75. That gives you a shot against Alabama. Not calling a win, but yep. that that gives you a shot. Well, no, it's very fair, and I think people want to people want to look at Alabama, and in, instinctively they look at that Tennessee game. Uh, you know, we got our buddy uh, from the show who 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 talks about Saban and why didn't he make an adjustment on those um, on those touchdowns that that. Uh, went against Alabama in the Tennessee game, but it gets yeah, my back to we're talking about. Hyatt down there. Yeah. <laughs> fastest Hyatt we've had in years. <laughs> Just, I mean, same, same speed, same stride. I mean, Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Um, but the problem with Alabama is they're not getting the pressure on the quarterback the way they need to. Um, and, and, and 
you know, I I actually think the defensive backs, you know, the defensive backfield uh, at Alabama has not been anywhere near as bad as per, maybe perceived. I mean, Kool Aid has played his ass off this year. So, um, but that's a good point, Ryan. I, you know, I I just I get the feeling that our friend down there at LSU, who's coaching uh, that team, this is this is this is going to be an uneven season. This isn't going to go well for him. Uh, and I, I, I think they need another next year may be a whole different story with him having his feet under him for the year. But this one sets up to me like Saban's going to sniff this thing out, put his foot on their on their head. At least Brian Kelly has a great southern accent. He does. Yeah. He does. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, look, you, you'll, you, he'll make it. I, I've got to see him eat crawfish. If I can see him eat crawfish, then I'll know that he fully transformed into a Cajun. He ain't going to be sucking the heads on that. I can tell you right now. <laughs> That's exactly right. He'll, he'll have a knife and a fork. He'll be like, hold on. How we we, <laughs> we got know, anything to work on this, like a little hammer? Yeah, but you know, Ryan, I mean, you bring, you, you make a good point. You know, the last few weeks, of, uh, you know, they've been completing some passes. They've been playing good football. Look, this kid from that they got from Arizona State, I think, I mean, at quarterback, he's made all the difference in the world for them. They've gotten enough skill, I think, position. Uh, I question the line play on both sides uh, right there for LSU. I think that may be one of the biggest drawdowns athletically uh, that we've seen over the last couple of years from the from the Edo and, and going from there is that we, we can talk all you want about Joe Burrow and everything else. When LSU is great, LSU has dominant linemen yeah. every single time. Yeah. Multiple NFL players on that line. I don't see that right now, at least not to the extent we used to see. And if well, you don't have, if you don't have that against uh, Alabama, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. Well, that's you know that's the thing, Ryan. Receivers and and defensive backs, um, and quarterbacks, uh, running backs, they're all the shiny objects in the room in football, right? People don't think about that. Ultimately, and I know it's a cliche, but it's absolutely positively true. And people forget it. They stare. They get caught staring at these shiny objects in the room that are running all over the field making these plays. But it's amazing what happens, how good a running back can look when you get a line that blocks. It's amazing how good a quarterback can look when he has time to throw. It's amazing how good a defensive backfield can look when the defensive lines get into the quarterback. And it all comes down to line play on both sides. It really does. You're right. Uh, all right, so let's uh, – unless unless anybody else has another top play, I want to get to the uh, Carl Johnson little sharp report this week, which was interesting on Tuesday, particularly on the college football front. And we're kind of hyper college football, it seems like, this week. That's okay. We can get into the NFL if we want to. Uh, but there were some interesting teams kind of getting hit hard. Yeah. So uh, Texas Tech, one of them. Yeah, that's right. So we added a couple today. So I'll just run down a list real quick. Uh, the Sharps hit Boston College plus nine and a half, Texas Tech plus nine, Tulsa plus seven and a half, Memphis plus three and a half. Uh, they hit Pitt minus three, uh, Miami of Florida plus seven and a half, Cal plus 21. And then today they were banging away on Virginia plus seven and a half and Georgia Tech plus three. Well, you, can I just say one thing real quick? The Sharps can kiss my ass on Boston College because they stuck me right in last week uh, with Boston College. That was a sharp play last week. Not, I don't know if it was on your, from you, Carl, but um, 
Maddie, Maddie Eumann's uh, show, who we crow about, right? That is such a good show. If you're not listening to Maddie Eumann's Friday night uh, tournament so show, good. it is so good. It's and old school Vegas. I feel it, like we're back in back in old school Vegas. Yep. It's great. And for the novice, which is me, to average better, you're getting, you know, 15, 20 guys. You're getting, I know we've talked about it before. we got to say it again. You're getting 15 to 20 guys, um, some of the smartest gambling money in the country who's been doing it the longest, their best plays. Now, with all that said, they can have an off week, right? That Boston College uh, pick last week, um, they sucked me right in with that thing. I think it was they were given eight in that game. They got their ass kicked. Yeah. So um, so Boston College can kiss my ass. That's really – it was a long one. Just get back to that point. <laughs> Glad we got that clarified. We didn't yeah, want anyone walking away from tonight wondering what the hell does Berman think about Boston College. Yeah, now we know. Oh, they should kiss his ass. That's right. Um, the um, let me ask you one though that uh, we we didn't talk about it a couple minutes ago, but just to keep going with the college football flow, what do you guys think about Syracuse and Pitt this week? I actually like Syracuse um, this week, given Pitt three and a half. Pitt hasn't really, to me, shown. I, I think Syracuse gets. They, I think they're they're going to be a little angry. And uh, and and I like that line uh, at Pitt. This Pitt, Pitt's been sort of uneven this year. That's the one I like. And then the other one is uh, I, I get the feeling uh, Illinois may may take some of that tunnel bullshit out on Michigan State this week. Yeah, uh, which that. was a whole, another situation of uh, what the hell that was. I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I was I was uh, you know I I, I kind of thought Syracuse was going to play a little bit better last week against. So Michigan. did I. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people did, you know, thought the same. Actually, I think that's probably, I mean, look, the books got pretty banged up last week. The public in general had a pretty good week. <clears throat> and I think that's one of the games that the public was on that they got beat. You know, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, I, I was expecting Syracuse to, to do much better there. but I think they're a better football team than they've looked the last two weeks. Uh and maybe they started reading their own press clippings. Who knows? But um, I don't think Pitt's the team that's going to hold them, uh, stay within three and a half of them. Yeah. I think it's easy to look back on that game last week with Notre Dame with Syracuse and go, and now retrospect go, well, that was a spot game. Yeah. That they were coming off some really emotional games, and all of a sudden Notre Dame shows up with nothing to lose and a, a coach maybe even kind of on the hot seat even in, in year one. And you go, okay, well, now retrospect, yeah, we should have seen it coming. Well, who did? Not yep. a lot of people saw it coming. Right. Uh, we had we had wondered about that Syracuse defense. Now they're fine. They finally played a couple of teams that have an offense with a little bit of a pulse, and it, it's come back to it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued on that on on that pit number two with a lot of people coming in on that, but eh, we'll see. Yeah. Outside my Bailey, when you get up there north of the Mason Dixon, I get a little well, squirrely well, on these games. So so let's just make a real pit stop here, though. In in your in your Bellywick. I don't want to get caught in your Bellywick, uh, but uh, uh, whatever that means. If, if but, uh, one more- how you feeling about how you feeling about your Red Raiders this week, big boy? There's a lot of press press clippings out there on the other. Talk about a team that's that's getting some a whole barter movement out there uh, on the other side of the field uh, that they're playing this week. How you feeling about your Red Raiders and that quarterback? Man, uh, okay, so full disclosure this week. They're playing TCU. Uh, Coach Sonny Dykes and I uh, went to school together, played football together, so I've got a, lo- a lot of love for my Mustang, Coronado Mustang brother. Um, Texas Tech last week, five interceptions. They played three quarterbacks. Every one of them threw an interception. 
That's like a hat trick in football that you don't want to have. That's teamwork. (laughs) They gave everything away from Baylor that they could, and it was still a a, a seven-point game with two minutes left in the third quarter until Tech started gacking it away. They came back. So to set that up and take away the score from last week, 45-17, it wasn't quite as bad as it looked. Now, TCU has got one of the most explosive offenses in the country, only Ohio State's averaging more yards per play than TCU. It's about seven nine to seven six, I think, on that. TCU has the most 50-yard touchdowns in the country. They got 12 touchdowns of 50 yards or more. We talked about on the show today for Texas Tech, who likes to play tempo with Zach Kitley. They like to get a lot of plays. They like to go fast. What do you want in this game if you're Tech to try to stay within the number or get the upset? Do you go fast? and try to have a track meet and pretend like it's 2012 again in the Big 12 and the first one to 70 wins? Or do you go to a run game? Do you try to do something that nobody's really done this year against TCU, and that is frustrate them, take away possessions, run clock, and after two hours of radio discussion, we came to the conclusion that we just don't freaking know. (laughs) That's weird. I mean, you you know, you've got two shows – Ryan, that I'm aware of now, uh, yeah. including this one, that that's the ultimate conclusion every week. Yeah, yeah we just don't freaking know. I, I think I think Texas Tech has a chance. TCU has done a great job offensively, and they've done just enough defensively. They got inside the number against West Virginia last week, which is a tough place to play, you know, whether West Virginia's any good. But they had that trash garbage touchdown that if you had West Virginia or you had the under, hello, uh, that at the end of the game, my high school teammate kills me on that. But they've done just enough defensively. So anytime I see that 10 number in a conference game, even even though home games have been huge in the Big 12 this year, which is why I think Kansas State and Texas, the Texas backers, you've got to say, okay, we're going to go against the trend of the home team. I just think, I think Tech, and this is so captain obvious, if Baron Morton, the young quarterback, doesn't give you a minus two deficit in turnovers, you've got a chance to stay within 10. That number hovering on nine and a half, 10 o'clock, that's just a a way wicked number to me. Now, if it goes to 10, I think you're okay. But I don't like nine and a half. I I mean, by the way, that's something to think about just gambling overall, right? Like, So, you know, uh, people have been killing Belichick this year, right? Um, I know I'm jumping to the pros, but I'll, I'll jump back. The bottom line is, is look at the turnover ratio in the games the Patriots have lost, right? Yep. Look at the p- turnover ratio, right, in any team's losses. The I think there's some crazy number out there that the correlation with turnover uh, ratio is like an 80% correlation or something on victory, right? Uh, at least in the pros. Point of it being, and going back to what you're saying, um, that, that it's incredible. You can't predict it. Right, you cannot predict turnover ratio. You can certainly have a hard lean based on the way a team's been turning the ball over, or certain players been turning the ball over. But I think you're spot on with that analysis. Um, and the other thing I think is, um, I man, I, I'm just in. Sh- I get people. Every you knew when that list came out this week for for the CFB playoffs, yeah. you knew people were going to have two or three teams. We're going to bitch about that. They deserve it. That's the whole reason that goddamn list exists, right? Yes. Uh, It's to drive interest and make you watch the game. It's an advertisement. I mean, we don't know who's in that room for all we know, you know, 
Um, God, God only knows who's making these decisions, whatever. But the point of it is, is like, okay, I understand TCU's playing well this year. I understand what their schedule looks like. But can we just like pump the brakes a little on TCU? Like they've looked good in other years. I, they look great this year. But like, just pump the brakes a little bit. I, I actually think TCU, I don't give a shit that they're undefeated. Based on the teams in front of them, maybe ex Clemson. Yeah. yeah. I think they're kind of where I, they should be. They're they're better than Clemson. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. They're better than Clemson. Anybody else out there? No, but they're better than Clemson. Yeah, I agree. So, like, all right, so were they off by one spot? All right, fine. But you know, Alabama's not the sixth best team in the country either, no. based on their schedule. No, uh, and who they've played. Um, I don't know if they're one or two, but I but I know they're not six. So yeah. um I but I but I the, again a long winded ramble to get back to the fact that I think I think the I kind of like the Red Raiders in that number a little bit this week. There there's some sharp money that's played the red I I was telling Ryan before we went live here. Uh I, there's there's quite a quite a few sharp money guys that come in our place uh, got on Texas Tech earlier. I like the sharp guys, particularly when they get on the Red Raiders. Except for Boston <laughs> College. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, did we get all, we get all the sharp plays in? Uh, yeah. Did we get everybody's fool's gold for this? I think we kind of tr- uh, just yeah. rambled around and got it. Yeah. We, we, we got we got within a horseshoe through all of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, the, I think the fool's gold game for me has got to be the, the Georgia-Tennessee game. I mean, it just – it looks like – they're just going to have to beat my ass with it. I mean, that's <laughs> – I'm just willing to accept defeat in that game. I'm gonna. I'm telling her. I'm betting my money on Tennessee. If I get my ass kicked, I, that just happens. But you know what? I, you know how many times I've and I, I'm not. I'm talking about literally. Have said that in my life, and somebody's kicked my ass. I just yeah. want to be. Able oh, yeah. to that for, you know, you're gonna have to beat my ass. Okay, I'll beat you. Okay, your yeah, ass. we'll do that. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel about it. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm betting Tennessee. I try not to give them the opportunity anymore by the invitation. But, well, it's the speed, uh, Ryan. It's, yeah. you, if you, it's only if they can catch you. Now, my problem is, in the words of Ron White, I had the right to remain silent. I didn't have the ability. <laughs> and that's what gets me in trouble. <laughs> uh, I, wanted, I wanted to explore with you guys, because you guys can come to it from two different angles, multiple angles on this topic. And we, we talk about bankroll and bankroll management. And here we are. It's the most glorious time of the year. We got NFL. We got college football. NBA is back. Uh, I, I'm hearing rumors that the NHL is playing. We got college basketball starting up. We still got freaking baseball that will never end, yeah. even though even though Mattress Mac is going to whip everybody's ass in Philadelphia. Speaking of beating asses, yeah. Yes. So from that standpoint, all of these people around the country, new to betting, they've got it opened up to them. How do you manage that bankroll? bankroll and realize there's no way I can pay attention to five sports. Most of the sharps narrow it down to two, sometimes one. Carl, I'll start with you. The idea of being able to focus as a sports better and not just get caught up in the candy store of so much stuff going on. Well, look, look, so look, I mean, you just hit the number one problem for any gambler not just a beginning gambler, that is the number one problem for any gambler trying to be successful. And that's one of the reasons why most of them aren't, is because they don't practice bankroll management and they, they're, 
look, they're most of these guys betting these games are just action junkies. You know, right. if a game's coming on TV, they can't name three players that play on the team, but they're betting it. You know, you, you look, you can't, you can have fun. And for a recreational player, like, like I think probably we all are, you know, that's cool and everything. If you want to bet a ball game, watch it and, and drink some beer and stuff like that. The old pizza money line that yeah. people use. Everybody's pizza money is different. Yeah, but, I mean, we're not trying to make a living uh, doing this either, you know. But the, the guys that are trying to make money at it, there's no way you can be successful betting more than two sports during the course of, of right now. I mean, there's just too much going on. You can't, you can't focus. You can't concentrate. It's, I mean, Bill, uh, for uh, you, uh, yeah, do you, do you transition? Do you go, I'm staying in college for now, and yeah. then when college I'll do this, or what, what do you do? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it just depends on what you like. You know, for me, I'm a hockey guy. So, after football, you know, I, I like college basketball and I like NHL hockey. That, you know, that's that's what I play, you know. And I and I don't even – I don't bet every night. I might, I might make two bets a week, maybe, you know. Uh, it just depends on how I feel. But, uh, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's just so much going on. And, look, while I'm at it, not only – Think about this. So I have a hundred TVs in my in my sports book. Yeah, but they weren't on at five a.m. this morning. Oh, that's that's right. I had my ass there at five o'clock to cut the TVs off for some film work. But my point is, is that I have a hundred and eight monitors in there that I can put stuff on, and even you know, a hundred and eight sounds like a lot, but the the way the seating is is that you'll have three of you know. I, I like really control like nine screens so i put all the you know i got my big screen and i got two quad big screens right next to it and then the rest is going to be requests by players that are sitting at the restaurant sitting at the bar so i, I run what happens this time of the year is i ain't i ain't got no goddamn tvs you know i got, <laughs> I got 20 million sports going you know and if i got one guy in there that wants to watch you know the the uh the high school game on TV, you know, I try, I try to accommodate. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how many games we got going on and we don't have enough TVs and I got 108 of them. <laughs> the question is, is how many remotes do you have, Carl? Well, so we, we have a pad. We have a, you know, I, I yeah. have a, it's a computer screen. I have the layout of my bar and it's cool as shit. I mean, you can just touch what you want and where you want it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, so you're sophisticated because where I'm going with this is like, you know, I, I always love being in a local bar around here um, or anywhere, really. But you go in these little bars and you ask them, they got three TVs behind the bar, right? And, you know, of course, if you're in Philly, all three have the Philly game on. Yeah. God forbid they put one goddamn out, out of market game on. But when you ask the bar, to, hey, man, can I watch the you know Syracuse pit game? Yeah. And that guy picks up that damn remote and he's doing – like gymnastics <laughs> with it and behind his ear and and you're like dude like this has to happen every night and you're like somebody always wants a channel how have you guys not figured out a scheme in here i don't know you don't I'm ask for top of the line technology but put the goddamn cable box where the remote registers on it <laughs> the guy's shoving it in between his ass cheeks he's he's taping it to his head it's yeah. like dude just like have a little foresight. So that's, you know, that's here nor there. Uh, what Ryan, I, I'll tell you, I'll give you the novices point of view on this. Cause you, you brought this topic up 
And it actually like, I'm like, yeah, I've been doing that the last two weekends. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm watching this college football game. I got to bet on it. Oh shit. There's a baseball playoff game. Ah, let me throw 20 bucks on that. Why? I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I mean, I think I know, but I'm not focused on it. And it, we always compare on this show. I shouldn't say we always, but we do a lot because they're very similar investing because that's what you do, right. you're betting, right? So the equivalent of that in, in investing, one of the things, the basic things you should always know when you're investing any kind of money, it's the old rule, know what you own. That's yeah. right. How many people get caught up in, in this version, what we're going through right now with your, you got the buffet in front of you. It's like, hey, you know, I've had this said to me plenty of times. Hey, fat boy, you don't have to eat everything on there, <laughs> right? Like, you, you know, just take a little bit of this and stuff you like, but you got that buffet. So you want to, you want to have it when, when the market's going up, right? People are excited. The cab driver's got a stock tip. The school teacher's got a stock tip. Every, oh, well, let me buy Yeah, I should buy that too. Do you know what it is other than the ticker? You don't. Right. That's the exact equivalent of what I've been doing stupidly with sports as in the last couple of weekends just because something's on. It's like, uh, yeah, I got a, I got money on Boston College and I'm getting my ass kicked. Let me see if I can make a little bit back here with, uh, I don't know, this hockey game over here. It's like, you moron. Like, you're getting your ass kicked over there. You're about to get it kicked again over here because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, so go ahead, I, Carl. No, go ahead, Brian. No, we got Carl. Carl's up. Oh, well, what I was going to tell you guys, I don't know if I told you guys, but last week we had a guy – Big player. He came into our book on Saturday. He was 0 for 19. His smallest bet was 10,000. His larger bets are 25,000 and above. On Saturday, he was 0 and 19. On Sunday, he was 1 of 7. 1 out of 26. You couldn't do that if you tried. Now, when you oh. told me that originally, what did I tell you? I said the two most valuable people in the world in investing and betting are people that are consistently right and consistently wrong. Yeah. Those are the two most they're, and they're equally as valuable. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Because right. consistency is what you're looking for. Yep. Yep. All right. We gotta we gotta get down into the derivative markets. And by that I mean uh stuff we love and the fun stuff. I didn't realize until you brought this up today, Berman, on on our text chain. Uh, and he's very popular up there in New Jersey out here. We've heard of him out here in West Texas. Bruce Springsteen, he's a singer. He does some stuff. He got a band or something. Oh. That he, he had never sat down with Howard Stern? He, he literally, they've been trying to get him on for three decades. Now, part of it is we, anybody who's a fan of it. Look, you don't have to be a, a fan of Howard. First of all, Howard Stern's head basically two different careers right he, yes. he was a maniac insulting at anything that moved and telling it like it is and getting away with it for 30 years in the last 10 or whatever he's become one of the best interviewers uh i would agree on the face of the earth and one of the reasons is, is his preparation is insane but secondly he's got a format that nobody else can use he literally yep. will guest and go two hours with them Exactly. The, the reason Springsteen had not been on there and they touch on it a little bit in the interview is because uh, Howard had ripped him years ago when he got a divorce from that model and married Patty Cialfa and had a lot to say about Patty and <laughs> his wife and all that stuff. 
But water under the bridge, that's probably at least a significant part of why he had not been on there. Uh, the reason we're talking about this is um, if if you can get access to it, that interview with Bruce Springsteen went, I think, over two hours wow. this week. Um, and it's awesome. There's it, You don't have to be a massive Springsteen fan to like this interview. The interview is one of the best I've ever heard with, it, with any interviewer and guest. Um, but there's just so much interesting shit in there as a music fan. One of the things, you know, he's interviewed Neil Young. He's interviewed Paul McCartney. He's interviewed Billy Joel at length. All these great wide variety of artists. But what you hear from these guys, what he gets into is where they came from, how their process evolved and where things went. And one of the most interesting things in this interview to me um, was that spring, you think of Springsteen, you think of Clarence Clemens and the sax, you think of the, guitar, the E Street Band. Even the E Street Band, right? Little Steven. All Little Steven. But the origination and how Springsteen learned to write music, everything was piano-based because his aunt um, his dad was not a fan. His dad was pretty much a dickhead uh, and basically didn't support Bruce early on in his career at all. What you learn in the interview is, is his aunt had this piano in her house. And she said to Bruce, here's a key to my house. You come in anytime you want, night or day. It doesn't matter who's here. House can be completely empty and you can use this piano anytime. And that's what he did taught himself how to play the piano and everything. So what he does on the in, during the interview is play a lot of things on the piano that you haven't heard on the piano that springs. So in that version, in that version, and it's just so good, but it got me to thinking that's why we were texting today. It's just, you know, different formats where you've heard people and, and heard interviews and, you know, look, I, I knowing the, the politics on this show without getting into them. Um, I don't think anybody's probably in the same, um, wheelhouse as Bruce politically wise, but what you need to do and Lombardi and I were talking about this is never let a really talented person that you enjoy their, their creativity, just take their politics and throw it in the damn track yeah. away and just enjoy them for who they are. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't, don't ascribe that uh, power and give them that kind of permission Right. That if they want to do that, you can, you know, I can't say any better than what you just did. Just enjoy them for what they do. Now, sometimes they want to try to insert that into it. You don't have to allow them to do that. I can just go, I I can go put on Born to Run. By the way, full disclosure, I have not heard the interview, but I did see some clips and it looks like he does an acoustic version of Born to Run. And I'm like, one how, (laughs) two how, three. I just want to hear Born to Run. And, and here's the thing, Ryan, is he just slides into a lot of it. It naturally flows with the conversation. And I was saying this to Lombardi, who's uh, just a crazy Springsteen fan. Um, what drives you nuts during any of these interviews, I've listened to his interview with Billy Joel or Paul McCartney. These guys start playing. What they typically yeah. do when they're playing is they'll play like about half to two-thirds of the song. And then start talking about, and then they stop, and they start and you're talking. pissed off, and you're like, I want to hear this. because they have no get, idea how how damn good it is that what you're listening to, and it's like they pull the candy away from. Yeah, that's why I love the Billy Joe channel on Sirius when it's yeah. on there and those channels like that. Okay, yeah. I just thought of this right here. All right, I'm going to put Carl on the spot. If we could get any musician, singer, or any band on this podcast, who would you want to get on? 
Me? Got to be living or dead? Yeah, uh, it's, it's living right now. We, we've got a budget. We can't get the dead yet. Uh, Unless we get a Ouija board, and maybe. I, I would I would, I would, would say uh, Bon Jovi. Really? Wow. Yeah. I was not expecting that answer. Yeah, no, I mean, I, well, I, look, I've got a, I, I like all music, really. Uh, but, uh, you know, outside of Leonard Skinner, I'm a, I'm a big Bon Jovi guy. Uh, I, I got I, it. When you I come like, up here, I like when Bruce you come Park. up here, we are going to the Garden State Parkway and we're getting a picture together at the Bon Jovi rest stop. Oh, it's yeah. got a, it's got big Bon Jovi lit up letters on it and, uh, and yeah. a light up guitar. So, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've seen them, you know, every, you know, every time they came to Baton Rouge or even close by, you know, Lafayette, I, I'm, I'm a big uh, Bon Jovi fan. And Bruce wow. Also, you know, but uh, yeah. and Leonard Skinner. So that's, you know, and then the Eagles. So that's that's who I listen to mainly. It's a good mix. What about you, Bill? You get anybody on? You know, throw out the boss. Throw out, throw out Springsteen. I would say, uh, it would boss. The boss wouldn't have been my first. I love the boss, but I'm not as huge, uh, like a off the charts fan. I would say for me, uh. He wouldn't fit this format that we <laughs> um I, I am a massive James Taylor fan. Uh oh wow. So uh that would be not necessarily a good mix with the three of us. Um we got a little bit different speed and sense of humor, but James Taylor'd be in there. Uh if you said band wise, I'd go with uh I'd either go with Jagger or or Bono. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. What do you Good got, call. Ryan? Man, that would be tough. Willie's got to be. Uh, Willie's got to be in Ryan's wheelhouse. Yeah, Willie'd be I great mean, on this show too. Uh, yeah. No, Willie, Willie'd be almost fantastic Willie too. I almost said Willie. Yeah, Willie'd be good. Um, man, I don't know. There, there's, there's a lot of different. You know, I'm, I'm got a classic rock guy. I'm a Texas country guy. A uh, classical country kind of guy. I think it would. I would want to get Dwight Yoakam because we can go music, we can go movies, uh, and he's just a weird ass dude. He I is mean, a weird ass dude. He's 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 really eclectic. He's got a lot of and cool a good actor, music. like a and, yeah. really good actor. Yeah, exactly. Doyle Hargraves, baby. Well, we don't yeah. need no more. We don't need no more, more practice. We need gigs. I mean, you know, anybody who's seen. <laughs> Sling Blade knows what we're talking about. Well, not you know only that, but, uh, but but the uh, the fact that he plays the uh, he plays uh, Reese Witherspoon's uh, uh, stepdad in yeah. in that in Four Christmases, which we'll get into Christmas movies, you know, a couple of weeks <laughs> down That's the road. That he's excellent in that. <laughs> he, I mean, he's he's kind of far out there. And again, I'm not trying to plug satellite radio. Hell, I'm on terrestrial. I should never say anything about it. <laughs> But he's got that Beyond Baker's, uh, Bakersfield deal, if you ever hear it and get a chance. And it is really great. If you love music history, uh, check it out, kids. Uh, it's really cool. If you love the Western sound of rock in the 70s, Flying Burrito Brothers, you know, the Eagles, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of that was born out of – I got a gnat flying around here. Can you see it? Hold on. I just see you randomly clapping. I thought you were just having a fit. Yeah. I, I may be. I may be. I thought the Tourette's was kicking. Oh, uh, what were we talking about? What the, uh, are we doing? A, is this live? Are we yeah, live right now? Yeah. Welcome yeah. back. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, Dwight Yoakam and Nats. That's yeah. what we're talking about. 
<laughs> See, this is what they can't. This is what they can't do on Visa, and Carl. When you're on there, right? Maher can't be chasing Nats, and Lombardi's yeah. got to stay focused. Okay. By the way, before we we are way off the track tonight. I don't really give a damn. Um, <laughs> all right. So this Saturday, uh, when you go on with uh, Patrick Maher and uh, Michael Lombardi on Visa and on uh, Lombardi line, and it's usually around Central Time. It's around uh, nine forty-five, yeah. give or take. One, all right, now we're interviewing Carl. See what we're doing here, Bill? I like we're, it. We're flipping this around. All right, one, are you tired of the fascination of, hey, Carl, what you eating today? <laughs> Look, like, nobody I, else eats. Like, no other guest on v ever has a meal, but we've got to know what Carl is eating. Look, it, it goes beyond that. I mean, really, I, I we, we laugh <laughs> at that all the time. I mean, Lisa, Lisa has a fit. I I literally, I'm not exaggerating. I get a minimum of 20, you know, 15, 20 direct messages almost every Saturday saying, hey, what's on the menu? What What do you, you know, they just, they want it. Really? Yeah. I mean, they want well, it. It's the most asked question. I would say, I don't know. You tell me, you cheap bastard. Stop asking. Bring some food over here. I mean, know? people come to the book. And they, they ask me, hey, what you eating today, Carl? I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, Here's I- what you do this week. Here's what you do this week. Because you know it's coming. You'll be ready for it. And when Patrick throws it out there, say, Patrick, I've thought long and hard about this. And I hate the example I'm setting for America. I'm going vegan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've, I'm going. I'm going. I'm having green beans and carrots. They'd never believe it. A little. Uh, <laughs> never believe that. That ain't gonna ever happen to me. No, I ain't Look, gonna believe it. I found. I found a place. I'm telling you, this place is gold. It's a. It's a shack. It. it oh, the the it, one with the chicken earlier this week. Yeah, barnyard pimping is the name. That of looked it. awesome. Yeah, it's it's a shack. I mean, you literally you can go buy this building at Home Depot for about two thousand bucks. And they've got a cheeseburger egg roll. Having seen that shack, I think you I saw the cheeseburger egg roll, and I want the I want the cheeseburger egg roll. Cheeseburger egg roll, unbelievable. I I think you overestimated that shack price by about fifteen hundred. Having seen it, by the way, that picture. I don't I don't know if you, I don't know if that's a full two grand. But that is the kind of place that you absolutely should stop and eat. Oh, sounds sounds like the old samurai deli: cheeseburger egg roll, cheeseburger egg roll, (laughs) cheeseburger egg roll. No Pepsi. Right down the road. Hey, I got I got to ask. We're now that we're into food and everything else. All right, so Lombardi's always putting out the Lombardi's uh, chop house or whatever yeah. steaks or whatever. Oh, is yeah. that a legit deal? What's going on with that? That is not. The guy has no relation to him whatsoever. He's a uh, South Philadelphia uh, butcher shop, uh, one of the best in the city. Awesome, yeah. But no, literally no relation to him. I don't even know how they met. But you, you see those cuts of meat. I mean, oh, yeah. that's not the steak. Those guy tomahawks are awesome. There, that's not where he gets the tomahawks. He gets those by some up, off of some mystery connection off the turnpike in in New Jersey. Um, it's like a bad scene of the Sopranos. It's, it, 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 I'm not exaggerating. One kind of velvet yeah. jumpsuit gets out, opens the trunk. Yeah. What do you want? You got the goods. <laughs> I mean, I told him one time, just text me your location. I'm not going to go with you, but if something happens to you, I want to be able to get the stakes. Right. <laughs> 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 we gotta save the meat yeah all right what do you guys want to finish up on tonight uh i mean we've kind of just I, and i've enjoyed the hell out of the show tonight i hope everybody else is liking it 
we've just kind of been a little free for all, and that's the way it ought to be sometimes. A little free for all. A couple football games we didn't talk about. Uh, We don't have to get into a lot of detail, but there's a couple interesting numbers uh, out there. I will throw those out. Um, We've got the third now Thursday night games. That's a whole show we could do on on Thursday night pro games and how weird they are. Yep. The Texans uh, getting 14 at home. Right. That is a 72.5% winning percentage when you're getting 14 at home. Now you say, okay, holy shit, that's a big number. Yes. Now it's only a 12 game sample. It's 8 3 and 1, the home team. But I got a feeling the Texans, they may just, I mean, with all that shit going on down there this week, a lot of internal turmoil, everything else would not shock me. Uh, if they're able to cover that number uh, against a very good Eagles team. That almost was my fool's gold play. Uh, and then Miami, uh, given five to the Bears this week on the road, 30-game uh, sample, that's a 64% number in Miami's favor. Wow. So two big numbers. Yeah, I mean, Marino versus uh, 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 Harbaugh, I kind of like. Uh, yeah. What, what, what year is it? I've lost right. No, it doesn't matter. Never mind. That's okay. It was a great decade, the eighties. Yeah, sorry. Hey, I Carl, give, what do you? Yeah, I'll give, I'll give out a couple of sharp plays on NFL. Uh, they hit Detroit plus three and a half, and they hit the Colts plus five and a half. Uh, Detroit seventy-one percent money, thirty-eight percent ticket. Colts sixty percent money, thirty-two percent ticket. If if Green, if you were looking at Team X and Team Y. And you didn't know that Aaron Rodgers quarterback at Green Bay. Yeah. This number might be reversed. Well, look, let me tell you. So my power ratings, you know, I do my little number every week. I am embarrassed to tell you what my numbers are this week. They are they are so far off the scale of what these lines are. And this is my own personal stuff. But for that particular game, I've got Detroit should be favored by one. There you go. Yeah. I, I think I think Green view. Bay, I think Green Bay is a broken team. I think I think whatever we thought about them, we thought wrong, and the fact they didn't get anything done at the deadline, I think I think there's going to be a lot of shit being stirred in that locker room. And, and Bill, did you catch Aaron Rodgers when he said uh, in that interview, he says uh, it might be good for us, we'll get exposed. Yeah, I mean that seems like he he wants. For that whole team to get exposed, that there's a problem there. He's it's, it's a always, cry for help. Yeah, yeah it was a cry for help. <laughs> Absolute cry for help. We've all been there. We've all been there, Ryan. This, listen, that's what our show is all about. It's really exactly. a free this guy. whole show free. is basically an hour long cry for help. You <laughs> guys crying for help. <laughs> all right, hey, pull up your shirt, Bill, so everybody can see the Charleston Chiefs. Rock oh, on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by Paul, the way. Paul, Paul Newman made a lot of great movies. He never made a better movie than Slapshot. And and uh, rest in peace. I looked up the name. Uh, we were talking about this before we came on the air. Yeah. Andrew Duncan. Yes. Who played announcer Jim Carr in Slapshot. Uh, passed away this week. Uh, great, great character in that movie. And and as Ryan said, well, one of the great, one of the great, one of the great sports movies of all time. Yep. Uh, between him and Jim Brockmeyer, I don't know who my broadcast heroes are, but they're right there neck and neck. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you guys follow Carl at J- Jack Johnson on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Bill Berman at Bill Berman on Twitter. I think I got that right. There's nothing at, weird in there. At Burn right? Bill, but that's all right. At Burn Bill. Burn and if you up. type it in wrong and you get in a hurry, you will end up 
tweeting, and thank you, you're tweeting at Berman, and you're tweeting at Billy Joel. And I've That's done right. that like three or four times, and it's really <laughs> awkward. Really awkward, the response you get. Uh, <laughs> at Ryan Hyatt Media for me. Uh, we want you guys to, one, enjoy this every week. Two, hey, share this with your friends. Invite them in. When you see this on Twitter tonight, when you see this maybe on theraiderland.com, on my website, I'll link to it. Hey, just put it out there. Invite your friends and say, if you've got an hour of your life that you never want to get back, <laughs> this is the one more hour, the one more podcast you want. For everybody involved, I'm Ryan Hyatt. We'll see you next week when we all get together and have one or two or three or four more. 